Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's up? A little bit after 2 o'clock. 56 and change minutes away from the NFL's trade deadline dropping. We have no Titans news right now. Uh, we will continue to watch. They do have an open roster spot just out of sheer morbid curiosity. There are only 52 <laughs> people on the roster. Uh, Derrick Henry has had his surgery. I'm going to say something here. Here's the tweet from Diana Russini. She's got a connection with the Titans. She gets some info uh, from time to time. Titans running back Derrick Henry had foot surgery this morning. I was told it all went well. Surgery complete. Henry is now recovering. When has anybody ever gotten surgery and the doctor released to somebody, hey, man, I botched this one. <laughs> hey, dude, this was a crap show. I think I left my watch in there. First of and all. And they all go well. Come on of, now. That's what all. they say. Yeah, right, right. It all went well. Uh, you know. Until it didn't. Right. You know, you start the rehab and everything else. I'm interested to see who did the surgery. Why, why, don't, why don't we know the doctor? We know everything else these days. I'm sure you talk to the doctor. <laughs> Maybe she talks to somebody with the tights. I have no idea. But yeah, I'd like to see the doctor because I would assume that he went to a foot specialist in the best in the country, whoever that may be. I remember during my day with someone in uh, Charlotte for foot. I want to say it was Anderson. I could be wrong on that. Dr. Anderson, but uh, there's, you know, a lot of great foot surgeons all over the place, but guys who've worked on, let's say, professional athletes, and I want to say, I want to go down the line and just say a guy who had the actual injury you have. Uh, that's, to me, what's important. You learn all these things uh, as players. Uh, so sometimes, you know, you may have one right here, but I don't know that. I have a, a buddy back home uh who's the team physician for arkansas state he was an andrews fellow with dr andrews in birmingham yeah he's the best shoulder knee guy you know if you want to for sure shoulder he did mine yeah yeah um he did not the first time though i made one boo-boo and then i said i fixed that boo-boo no more boo-boos yeah who's the best that's when you learn you go to the best to the best Mm -hmm. right he's working on you know former nfl guys or current nfl guys and they come back and never have an issue didn't he do drew Brees? Yeah. He bought that dude like 15 more years, and his arm could That's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life, it, the Drew Brees injury in his last game with the Chargers. He couldn't put his arm down. Yeah. Well, that reminded me when Baker Mayfield fell and Miles Garrett tackled him same low. Same thing. It looked like the exact same injury, and I'm like, uh-oh, that don't look good. Everybody at that time thought, you know, Brees was pretty much done. Actually, that, that actually ruined – it didn't ruin Nick Saban signing him because he wanted him, and they ended up having to sign Culpepper. Yep. It's the reason that Nick Saban is on yeah. this dominant run right he now. Wanted, Alabama he, fans are like, yeah. Right. He wanted Drew guy. Brees, and they said that the, you know, the training staff said no can no do. No can do. Uh-huh. So he literally goes and changes the fortunes of a franchise and really a city, New Orleans, after the hurricane. So I'm te- I, I was on Twitter last night. I said trending in, or yesterday – Trending, what is a Jones fracture? Because that was basically what is reported that Derrick Henry had. My Jones! The way his fifth metatarsal. <laughs> and you said that yesterday. People said, I don't know where that is. And you said, hold up your hand and look like down your pinky. pinky. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, but oh, with your toe. That makes perfect sense. So my buddy responded on Twitter, this doctor. He said, I know what it is. I said, I know you know. Do you think it causes Derrick Henry to miss the rest of the season? He said, I doubt he misses the rest of the season. This is a doctor? It's an orthopedic surgeon. Team orthopedist for Arkansas State who worked under James Andrews. And here's the thing. Rap Sheet is saying it's a 6-10 to 10 week deal. And Lucas Panzica, our own Lucas Panzica, tweeted out last night during Monday Night Football. Schefter was multiple times saying, oh, he's done for the year. He's done for the year. He said they do not expect him back. Yeah. So, Which is directly against what Mike Vrabel said yesterday. Whoa, 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 whoa. What did Mike Vrabel say? Absolutely, there's a chance he could come back. And yeah, that, just, that, no, 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 no. You're taking it out of context. He didn't say during the season. That could be playoffs. 
Well, no, it could be coach speak. I mean, he said, absolutely, there's a chance he could come back. He said, if anybody could come back, it's Derrick Henry. But he said, there's a chance for anybody to come back. And I right. get how generalized it was, but it's a big difference when you have Ian Rappaport saying, best case scenario, six weeks, and Adam Schefter saying, no, out for the season. They don't expect him back because they haven't made that a designation at all. Well, how about this? None of those guys are doctors. None of those guys are doctors. And, My friend and, is a doctor. And doctors want to say there's a timeline. But here's what Vrabel did say, and I think people need to listen to this portion of it, and that is everybody's body is different and heals differently. We have, we have no idea. It could be six weeks. It could be 12 weeks. So you don't know. It's just a guesstimate of typically with these surgeries when someone comes back. But that doesn't mean it's absolute. It could take them six months. I mean, so you just don't know. Uh, so everybody bodies heals differently. I, I learned that just looking at some guy who had the same injury as me, and I'm like, dang, my injury took longer. Right. And his took shorter. Why is that, man? Dang, oh, I, you start pressing and forcing the issue, and it's not happening. Which scares me about a foot. And I think that's why he soon. protects the players in that manner because they listen to the timelines, and they think, I have to make these timelines. It's, it's, your competitive nature makes you who you are at this point in time. And so, yeah, that's what happens. So I, I like what he said about this. Anybody could, you know, we don't know. But doctors, I'm, he said, really, I'm ignore the timeline. Because in a, in a, as a head coach, I got to assume that Henry is not playing the rest of the season and hopefully we'll have him back for the playoffs. But I got to plan as though we're not. It has to be singularly focused on moving on with the team. Why don't you go ahead and go get uh, the guys that they did, both signed to the practice squad today, uh, Deontay Foreman and Adrian Peterson. This is actually what Mike Vrabel said yesterday when asked about a timeline for a return. You know, the doctors will, will they, they love them. You know, doctors love timelines. Um, I'm sure they'll try to give us one. I won't necessarily listen to it, um, but I'm sure that they'll, They'll tell Todd and they'll tell everybody else that'll want to listen, you know, what the timeline will be. Mm -hmm. Mike Vrabel yesterday. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have said it like that. I said timelines are just to give us a gauge. Mm -hmm. It's kind of how I would have presented it. and said, but we don't know if he can actually make those timelines. Everybody's body's different. He could have just said that and left it alone. Remember Carson Wentz's timeline? What was it, like five to ten weeks? Right, and he came back and played camp. the first regular season won. game. I think it was more than that. Yeah, yeah, even was... Vrabel laughed when somebody asked him about it. We're talking about him being out for the first, maybe the second game against the Titans. Right. And he played week one. The, the timeline I was, it was basically, remarkable. the timeline, the earliest was week one. And if I remember right, the other end of the timeline was miss both games with the <laughs> Titans and come back the next week. Yeah. Like, that's how long it was. It could have kept him out until week eight because he did it in the regular season. And then, by the way, he played the first week and he hurt both ankles and yeah. still played with an ankle. I Never mean, uh, with the, the foot. Yeah, see, so, I mean, it's just unpredictable. Granted, each position requires certain things mm -hmm. that he could get away with but uh, as an athlete. But, yeah, I, you know, I, I would make an assumption that he won't be back in the regular season. And if he is ready, great. But I would err on the side of caution for, a, you know, superstar player like this. With foot, with Derrick Henry, yeah. foot. And he doesn't have a, you know, a big history of injuries. I think he had the... The uh, ankle surgery that Tua had in 2013. Uh, then he's had like a calf. I think Rhett gave us all the information. And it was all on his right leg. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing major, though. This is this foot and then the uh, lap band, left fibular fracture was uh, 
the worst, which is in 2013. I'm looking here right now. He had a left calf strain in 2016. He had a tight hamstring, right, or left uh, hamstring 2019. That's it for the king. All those carries. Hey, let's do this before we take our break. A lot of you wondering what's going to happen with Adrian Peterson. Might he play this week? The Titans running backs coach, Tony Dews, spoke about that today. He asked about how much and if he would play. This is what he said. I don't know. I can't answer those questions until we get out on the field. You know, I haven't uh, worked on the field with him, with Foreman, uh, and sometimes. So um, we'll we'll get out and practice, and we'll see w- what he can do and, and how they'll, how both those guys can help us. Uh, and whatever role that is, if it's carry the ball 10 times, 15 times, 20 times, it, it'll carry it one time or don't play. I don't know what that'll be until we get out and practice and <laughs> find out what we got. Tony dude's like, hey, man, I ain't even seen these dudes yet. I mean, I passed them in the hallway earlier. So uh, let's just get them out there and look at them. Foreman Noah's Blaine pointed out. He played six games for you last year. He was very productive. He knows your – like, you You don't have to go Foreman. Here's the playbook. Good luck. Right. Foreman knows the dang playbook. Okay, man. You tell me where to show up. And he was in training camp uh, with the Falcons, so – Similar. Been, been a little while. Yeah. We just want to make sure he's in certain type of shape. Uh, as a caller called in to ask how do these guys stay in shape. You can't duplicate getting contact, but you can stay in, you know, some form of a track shape as well as in the weight room, and that's all you can really do. Uh, so, uh, and also I think, you know, uh, you know, the running back coach doesn't uh, <laughs> want to be cornered, you know, <laughs> when, <laughs> at, ultimately, questions. well, ultimately he's not the final decision maker is, is, right. is Mike Vrabel. Uh, so you just saying, hopefully he looks good and then we'll go from there, which is obvious from everybody's view. And then he could say, Hey, this is what he's looked like. And then it's up to the coach to make the decision. And you'll have signs throughout practice, which we don't get to see, if right. he's getting some reps. Even if it's a limited amount of reps, you think, okay, they think he can actually play. It's just a matter of how much will he play. Uh, he's a freak of nature now, so when we all know this. Uh, so he's gonna, he, he's probably going to look like he could carry the ball 20 times. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Sure. At all. This guy, this guy different. Adrian Peterson, uh, Deontay Foreman, both signed to the Titans practice right. squad. And, and all I want to do is figure out what number he's going to wear. Neither one of them. <laughs> I'm looking at the roster now. Neither one of them have a number up. Neither one. I'm looking right now. Uh, Coach Mack, we do have his number. It's his phone number. We're about to call him, and you're about to hear from him next. Coach Mack coming up on Blaine and Mickey. Mack attack. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. You hear that music. It only means one thing. It's time for the Mac attack on Blaine and Mickey. Coach Mac joins us now. Coach, how in the world are you doing on this uh, beautiful Tuesday in the Music City? Mickey, I'm doing good. I'm just deep into the Rams here and uh, getting ready for this game to go out to uh, the left coast on Sunday night. Well, I know we're going to talk about the Rams some today, but uh, let's talk about a Hall of Famer who's over there getting fitted for a Titans uniform right now. Just signed to the practice squad, and all accounts uh, going to be running the football for this team. Adrian Peterson signing. So I'll ask you this. What all do you remember about coaching against him, and what can we expect from a 36-year-old version of him? Well, I don't know what the 36-year-old version is, but I know what the version was that I had to coach against. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and I, I coached against him at several of my stops and several of his stops 
Uh, I mean, it was a it was a nightmare, you know, because this guy this, this guy you talk about special athletes. Well, he was one, you know, coming out of Oklahoma, and then his entire career. There there are certain of these guys that are just different, and they're they're just special, and he's one of them. And so, you know, I you know Lucas was asking me before I came on the air with you guys how many times I have coached against him. I could go back and count it up just looking at where where my stops coincided with his stops. But I do know this, every time that he did come up and I was in a defensive game plan meeting room, he was number one on the list of guys you had to work on. Yeah, it, it was Coach, he was fairly productive last year for for Detroit in limited carries, 150 carries or so. He was four yards a pop, and he caught a dozen balls or so. I mean, it, even an older version of Adrian Peterson has been a productive guy. And again, he hasn't played this year, but – He's remained productive throughout his career. And all these, you know, Blaine and I were looking, he's been on what five different teams. He's stayed productive, even though he may have lost some of just his absolute greatness. Just even a diminished version of him has been productive. Well, I mean, guys, we know this is going to be a, a running back by committee now. I mean, this was a one-man show as a running back, which is really unusual in the National Football League in this day and age. But now, you know, it's going to be a running back by committee. And, and so what they've done and what they're going to do, you know, I would assume, and watching, you know, what they've acquired and what they brought in, they're going to layer that running back group and so that they get a kind of a different flavor. And nobody's going to be tasked with carrying all of the load. As I say, we were, we were, we were I mean, and I, and I said it on any show that I was on, especially nationally, when they would ask me about Derrick Henry, I said people need to appreciate it because you're watching history, you know, because it, it, it's just uh, this in this day and age of National Football League football, it's different when you've got just one running back that that's the dude. Well, that was our dude. Now he's hurt for a while. And so we'll go to running back by committee, and they'll get different talents from the other the running backs that they bring together. And then, and then uh, you know, Todd Downing and Tony Dews and the offensive staff will work and see how they're going to incorporate all of these different types of backs, and Adrian Peterson will be one of them. Absolutely, Coach Matt, giving us – the Mac attack, as he does, this time each and every week here on Blaine and Mickey. <laughs> well, Coach, when you first heard the news, what were your thoughts initially? I'm, I'm, I'm sure you, you know, you probably felt, oh man, that's that's rough sledding for for the King. Yeah, it made me sick to my stomach. I mean, it really did because I, you know, I've just been doing this a long, long time, and and I just, you know, any and that that's the one thing that is that is a, a certainty in the National Football League. Is, is injuries. You just, you just, you know, are always holding your breath, you know, when, when they're out there playing because it, it's inevitable. I mean, it, and sometimes, you know, I mean, it is, it's a violent game, but sometimes injuries can happen just because, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. You've got, mm-hmm. you've got, you've got high powered athletes going at each other. And uh, yeah, it just made me sick to my stomach because I know how much I, you know, I, I, it bothers me when any player gets hurt, especially when our players get hurt, get hurt. But also, it, it, you know, it, 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 it just hurt me because I know how much he puts into it, you know, and, and, and how much, I mean, he really, really is a team first guy. And so I, I it just, it really, as I said, I said, Blaine, and I, I can't be any more explicit about it. It really made me sick to my stomach when I heard it. Mm-hmm. As a former head coach, uh, do you assume that Henry's done for the year and you just kind of plug away and move forward with the with the players that you, you know, acquire or and uh, who are on the team? Yeah, right now you do. I mean, you just you don't assume anything, but you do know that, you know, he he's had surgery, and so you're not going to have him, 
in the in the immediate future. So yes, you have to because the the games don't stop coming. You know the days just the days add up, and you're on to the next game. Uh, the the thing that that you do though is I mean and and but you have to react quickly. You have to react quickly, and you've got to you've got to recalibrate on whichever side of the ball you lose a major contributor like this. This is a major contributor on the offensive side of the ball, so you recalibrate a little bit. But you absolutely have to keep going. I mean, there is no that that that's why the National Football League is is is. I mean, it is a great great sport. It's a it, it's. I mean, the the things that we've experienced with this team, even the last three weeks, have been fabulous. But it's a it's a it, it, sometimes it has some brutal consequences to it, and this is this is one of them. But as a, as a head coach, you're responsible for the entire team that is able to suit up and play this week, and so that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Well, with Coach Mack giving us the Mack attack, I guess you know we had some fans call in, and I, I I was interested in hearing your thoughts being a former head coach in that. Do you address the team, or do you address, uh, I guess, how you you go about how we're going to win games now, and just kind of talk about he's out for a while and we're going to move forward. How do how would you address the team? Well, I mean, you don't. I mean, the the team knows. If you address yeah, them yeah, anyway. Say, yeah, the team knows, and you know that you've been in in those mm-hmm. in in those in those meetings after someone gets hurt. But you you know you do say, hey, you know we've we, we we've lost we've lost a, a hell of a warrior here, you know, with us. But you know we've got to move forward. He'll be back with us. But we we've got a task ahead, and so everyone else you know has to has to, has to saddle up and let's go. And that's what you do. And then plus, you know, then then your you know your personnel department is involved in it and bringing people in. I mean, you you just got to start making positive moves. You know, you know, as as negative as your feelings are, because you're just you know it really it, it hurts you. You know, it hurts you for the individual first. You've got to keep moving forward. So absolutely, and and the team knows, the team knows how important he was to the team and how important he is to the team. Mike Rabel said, you know, after surgery, when he starts rehabbing, he'll be around and he, he's a big part of this team. He's a big part of this team, not only physically, but emotionally. So he'll still be, he'll still be a part of it. But the part that you have to do as a coaching staff and as a locker room is keep moving forward. This team's done a great job right now, separating themselves. I mean, they're six and two. They've got to focus. They've got to continue to focus so that they put themselves in position you know, to be able to win enough games to get into this tournament now as this thing progresses. That's what they have to focus on now. Well, I see a lot of, uh, you know, national media guys uh, talking about, you know, you lose your identity of their team. And I, I think it's the reverse of that. I, I don't think you lose your identity at all. You can't scrap what you've built. Uh, so the, the identity of the team will still be the same. It just won't be led by one guy running the football. Well, that's, uh, that's such a great uh point of view on your part, Blaine, and you're right. I mean, the identity of the team is not just one person. You know, one person uh, uh, is involved in it, but your identity of the team and what this football team is, I mean, the resiliency of this football team and the mental and the physical toughness of it runs throughout that locker room. Now, is it embodied in a, in a, in a big running back? that is, is different than anybody else in this league? Absolutely. But it's also embodied in the fight that all of this football team has. That is something that is the locker room, the locker room has. That's something that is in your locker room, and you can't, you can't manufacture that. That has to be real. And we know it's real because we've seen it. We've seen it in spades these last three weeks. We'll continue to see that mindset. I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching practice tomorrow because I know how these guys are going to come out. I mean, it's going to be, you know, let's go. Well, with Coach Mack, keeping it real with the Mack attack. 
That's right, Coach Mack. Uh, weekly visit brought to you by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage and affordable price. Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They got you covered, just like Coach Mack has us covered. Coach, the other uh, running back acquisition the Titans made today for the practice squad, they brought back a familiar face, uh, Deontay Foreman. We were talking about him actually on Sunday, just watching Derrick Henry not being himself. We thought, gosh, what if they had to bring a guy in for a couple of weeks? Maybe Foreman would be a good guy to get some run. Well, turns out Derrick had a much uh, more significant injury. But but I love the addition of Foreman. The guy played really well in the limited opportunity last year, I thought. Yeah, I mean, and he's a bigger back. You know, he's he's a bigger back that that, that can that, that can slam it up in there, and and he's also he's also really good inside. They're going to continue to run the inside and the outside zone, and he's very adept at that. And so uh, I, I agree with both of you. You know, and that was pretty astute on you guys' part to say, hey, here's a guy that has been with us, understands the system, knows what's going on. Plus, he's got he's got he he has got the the physical attributes of being able to slam it up in there and and just and physically you know be able to move it. And, and so that, that, that I agree with you. And as I said, this is going to be a committee issue now. It really is. And, and it's, it's up to Todd Downing and, and his offensive staff to be able to utilize the different backs that they have in there in the different circumstances they want and still put conflict on the defense, having to defend run or pass on first and second down and still be able to make the play-action game work. So all of that stuff is going to be important. They're just going to be doing it with numbers now instead of just one horse. Coach, the trade deadline is literally about 29 minutes from now, and we haven't heard or seen anything about the Titans making a deal. If they have, it's happened just in the last few minutes. I wanted to ask you this. As a head coach, as a member of a coaching staff, as a leader on a coaching staff, what all went into the decision at this point of a season and saying, let's trade this asset to get this asset because we need this to get to where we're trying to get to? What all went into that decision? How much money do we have? How close are we? You know how close, how how much would one player kind of put us over the top, you know, or, or add to or add to a strength that we have, so that we can go ahead and finish this thing up strong. All of that stuff goes into it. All right. I mean, I think we saw it with what the Rams did, what yeah. the Rams did. You know, with Von Miller. I mean, th- this is a guy. This is a guy that they didn't need, but they felt like they could add a little bit. Uh, you know, to the to uh, to the strength. Because, guys, you know their mindset out there. I mean, Stan Kroenke spent $5.5 billion on the stadium, and he probably, he probably told, you know, Les Snead and, and, and Sean McVay and, and Kevin Demoff, hey, look, I want a Super Bowl here in my place the first time, and so whatever you need to do to, to make that happen, go do it. And so, I mean, they're, they're mortgaging everything for this year, which is fine. I mean, that's their philosophy. But you, know, you can see, you know, with something like that going plus – and when you really look at the, the terms of that deal, I mean, you know, it, it's cost them $777,000 because Denver is, Denver's in a, in a complete different mindset. They're, they're, they're making a clearinghouse. You know, they're, they're making moves to, to clear people. So, you know, both of those things have to coalesce and come together for trades like this to be made. But you get, it, it's in particular what is going on with your situation at the time. That's the, I mean, there's no general, uh, thought process that goes into it it's a specific thought process to your point in time where you are with the football team 
Yeah, always fascinating to see what goes down and, and what doesn't this time of year. Uh, and like I said, well, not 28 minutes or so till the trade deadline. Coach Mack, our guest right now, giving us the Mack attack on Blaine and Mickey. <laughs> well, Coach, we're going to just talk briefly at least about that Colts win, and which was an exciting game. It was like, you know, been on a roller coaster ride. Who was trying to pull away? And no one could really pull away there uh, except for the Titans there right at the end there. So how exciting. And what were your drawbacks from watching that game? Uh, you know, versus the Colts. Like, that was a bizarre game, wasn't it? I mean, it, it was bizarre. It really was. I mean, you go out there, and look, the consequences for both teams were huge. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, the, you, the, both teams needed to win this because the AFC South really was, 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 was teetering on that seesaw of that ball game. And then, you know, to go up there in a game of that magnitude and fall behind 14 to nothing just right on jump. I mean, all of a sudden you're going, whoa-oh. You know this is going to this is going to be rough, and then to be able to continue to fight back, fight back, fight back, mm-hmm. and then put yourself in a position where all of a sudden there was uh, you know minute twenty five seconds left, you you think you know we fought all the way back, and now you know we've intercepted we've intercepted an attempted screen you know inside the ten yard line and scored, and now we've got a minute we've got the we got the game in good hands, and all of a sudden they fire one up to a big combat catcher. And all of a sudden, now it's different, all right? And then you go into overtime, so you have to re-energize yourself to go into another fight. You know, you lose the toss. I mean, that game was bizarre. After that ball game was over, Mike Keith and I both, you know, when we got through with that ball game, we both just sat down and looked at each other and went, we're <laughs> worn exhausted. out. I can't, imagine how, I can't imagine how they're feeling down there. That thing was intense from start to finish. Yeah, it was a heavyweight battle, man. I'm sure you guys were exhausted as well. Man, well, you take that exhaustion and then you add that you're going to be playing the Rams in L.A. with an addition of Von Miller. How much does it change the defense or or how you approach your attack versus uh, the Rams defense? Yeah, it won't change their defense at all, but that defense is predicated on that front. You know, starting with starting with Aaron Donald. You know, I mean that that defense is predicated on that front. And look, they to me they've got the one lockdown corner in this league in Jalen Ramsey. I mean, people talk about lockdown corners all they want to, but until you really have been with one, I've been with one in my career, yeah. Aeneas Williams. Until you've been with one and been around enough to look and see what one really looks like, he's one too. So that defense is predicated on 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 their on their pressure. And and so that's why I say they added to a strength, knowing that they wanted to make that push. Their offense is really clicking. I mean, the the addition of Matthew Stafford, he has been reborn there. I mean, he is you know he's all of a sudden figured out this is what it's like to be on a really good team, and so he's been he's been reborn there. They're a really good football team, guys. I mean, and that's uh, that is real easy for me to say because when I'm sitting here digging in on this film, I mean that jumps out at you right now. This team is way legit. Well, I have to ask you this, though. Do che- yeah. the teams change their attack against the Titans' offense now that the Kings don't? Or do you you keep your, your plan of attack versus the coordinator and not the actual player? Well, I think that's a good point. I mean, first of all, the, the, the Titans aren't going to change their philosophy right. Right. of what they're doing now. How much teams perceive the danger of that philosophy with the run game, that is something I am going to be very interested in seeing. If we continue to see, if we continue to see, because, see, the eight-man front that we've been presenting, I mean, you know, Indy, Indy went away from what they normally do. They went to that eight-man front, you know, with A.J. Brown, and we saw what happened there, right? right. 
Okay, and so you know the one on one still on the outside with this with this play action game, and Tannehill is 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 deadly accurate. It's going to be interesting for me to see not on third down. Third down's a different a different a different animal. But on first and second down, the conflict downs. I'm going to be really interested to see you know starting with this week with the Rams what they do on first and second down conflict downs. If they're willing to say okay, we can play this run game on first and second conflict downs with a seven man front. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really interested to see how that's going to happen. It's a legitimate question, and it'll only be answered once the game starts against opponents. No doubt. Coach, I, I know officiating's got to be a hard job. Uh, that's one of the most frustrating. No, uh, that... Mickey, 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 yeah. stop right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it took everything that Coach Mack had in him professionally not to just lose my mind up there in that box. Oh, you I looked at Mike move. Keith a couple of times, and he looked at me and went, Coach Mack, Coach Mack, and finally he he was he was about to lose it. Here's the thing that I don't mind. I know it's a hard job, and look, I'm not talking about holding calls, non-holding calls, passing. I mean, those are. But when you can't administer the game, where when you don't know how to administer a penalty and where to put it, right. okay, right. and 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 you have to have so many conferences about you know whether it's whether it's five yards from the spot, whether it's five yards from the previous spot, where you know what those things drive me out of my mind because that is just that's professional malpractice. Carl Sheffers and his group, there was a clown show. I mean I'm just gonna say that. It was a clown show for both teams. Now if you're gonna ask me about that thing on, on, on Jeffrey Simmons, that was look, what do you teach? Blaine, Blaine Bishop, where do you teach defensive players? Oh, Run to the, the ball, ball and get in on the tackle until the whistle blows, right? Yeah, you can grade it down now if you don't. Yeah, the whistle was never blown, and guess what? Michael Pittman Jr. still has not gone down on that play. Mm. I mean, he, he was still standing up like a big oak tree when it was over. So I was. I, it took everything that I had within me to be able not to just to go off on the air because that doesn't help anybody, but that wasn't good. Right there with you. Yeah, the clown show was the phrase that you used on Sunday as well, and and it was it was hard to watch. And like you said, it, there were questionable calls, of course, but just the simple administration parts of the game, just keeping the game on schedule, they couldn't do that. No, and that, that, that's what bothers me because the flow of the game, and I know being a head coach on the sideline, the, you know, the flow of the game. And then, you know, they're making the head coaches make some decisions they should never even have to make. Right. Why should head coaches have to call timeout so they can figure out what really happened? I mean, you know, how about, I mean, it, look, don't get me started because my <laughs> blood pressure had gone way down. I was just fine, Mickey, until you fired it up again. Oh, so, sorry, Coach. Listen, uh, we appreciate you. Didn't mean to get you fired up. Yeah. You've got some time. Well, you did. Catch you yeah, breath. you did. Yeah, you meant to, and you did. <laughs> Sorry about that, Coach. Uh, you were very vocal about it on the air, though. I wanted people to hear that passion again. That's all. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Coach appreciate Matt. It, Coach we'll Matt. talk to you next week. Guys, it's always great coming on with you. Yeah. See you. Yes, sir. Yeah. The one and only. Mac attack. The Mac attack right there. All right, we come back. We'll attack you with our game balls. Who had the best game on Sunday for the Titans? You can share yours with us at Blaine and Mickey 1045 or at Blaine and Mickey on Twitter, or you can call us uh, 615-737-1045. That'll get you on the phone.
Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us today. You can literally go hang out at 3HL. They're at Buffalo Wild Wings. Which location today, Lucas, do you know where they are? They're in my old stomping grounds in Dixon, Tennessee. Oh, well, there you go. Go have some chicken wings and hang out with the 3HL crew and just live it up on a Tuesday night. Get ready for this Braves and Astros game tonight. Ooh, yes. Ooh, will the Braves finish them off? I, I, hey, man, I, I would like to see that. There's a bunch of y'all that are Braves mm, fans. I, I, I want to go one more. One more game. You like that tension. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun, too. I don't really have a dog in the hunt. AJ in Kentucky. Let's say, hey, real quick, hey, to AJ, then we'll give our Titans game AJ. balls for the week. Hello, AJ. Hey, y'all. It's AJ Brown. What's going on, AJ? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello. Go. We can hear you, AJ. Can you hear? All right, good. I'm with Coach Mack on that Jeffrey Sims call, and I'm not a, I'm not a player. I don't know all the rules or anything like that. But I know if you play to the whistle blows, how can they call that a penalty? They didn't blow the whistle. That's a fantastic question. Did they say maybe he was in the grasp or something, and maybe he just shouldn't have hit him? Or he, I, I don't. I still don't know why they flagged it. Right. Well, if you blow the whistle, then there's no. Then is you know. Then he was in the grasp. And then he was late, but yeah. they did not blow the whistle. Boy, now the whole thing is. A ball carrier gets in like a scrum of people, and they just keep pushing the guy down the field, and people are just yeah. slamming into the pop. They exactly let that go look. on and on yeah. now. And that's kind of how that play looked because he, he was still getting out of grasp a little bit, even though there was multiple people around him. He wasn't gaining ground. To me, yep. that's the issue. If he's moving forward, then you don't blow the whistle. He was standing pat, and, like, they couldn't get him, and they should have blown the whistle, and they didn't. Hey, and guess what? You're taught to run to the – to the ball as defenders, if you're not, you're graded down. When I talk about graded down, you will get a mark against you, and that will lower your grade, especially from those uh, the big men, because that's hard for them to do and then change direction and run all the way somewhere else and then go hit somebody. And Matt, actually, when they start running, they go, I'm going to hit this dude regardless. That's their mindset because I ran this far. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you, they run 10 yards. they like, hey, man, that was a mile. I'm going to finish this guy. guy. Mm-hmm. Somebody's and, getting and, hit. And, and if you didn't blow the whistle, I'm for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it, yeah. Even, and you said this after the game, and I agreed, I, I, even the hit on Tannehill that they called, the rough in the passer, he was running outside the pocket. I the guy just dove and tackled him. Yeah, they dove and grabbed his legs. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's a different animal uh, now with the rules. Yeah, you, you're a defender. You better make sure you're looking at your target and don't try to annihilate them. In my day and age, those are good hits. Now you will get fined. <laughs> That's, it's yeah. horrible. It is. And a penalty. Uh, there was a face mask called the end of the Giants-Chiefs game. Last night, the guy didn't touch the guy's face mask. He grabbed his arm, and they called a face mask. The Chiefs got to go down and win a game. All right, game balls. Lucas Panzica, Blaine Bishop, Mickey Ryan. You can hit us on Twitter with yours anytime at Blaine and Mickey. Lucas. We'll go first today. Game balls for the Titans in the what turned out to be monumental win over Indy because especially with the King out, still got a three-game cushion in your division. Mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill on offense, um, and then especially with how critical he's going to be moving forward. Chiefs game, I feel like the Titans still won that game in part because of Derrick Henry, right? The way that they sold out to stop the run, their defensive game plan. That didn't feel like as much the case against the Colts this week. Henry just didn't have a game. We know now he was playing on a broken foot. Ryan Tannehill to dig them out of the hole on offense. Special teams, Randy Bullock. Randy freaking Bullock. I mean, think about when Sam Ficken went down and Michael Badgley was signed and then cut, and it was just, oh, here we go again. But the Titans have found their guy in Randy Bullock. It was cool to see him in the locker room after the game. And then defensively, I got to give it to Kevin Byard again. He's back. 
What you got, Blaine Bishop? Well, I'm going to leave with the one that we had the same one, and that is KB, (laughs) Kevin Byron, man. He's making plays. I'm really trying to spread it around. So for special teams, I'm going to go with uh, Torrey Carter. I really like the way he was running down and being aggressive, especially that first hit of the the game on special team on kickoff. And then offensively, I'm going to go with A.J. Brown. I know Tannehill was throwing the ball, but I thought he could have played better, and he – he uh, actually threw some ill-advised throws. He can't do that at this point in time, especially without the King uh, here coming up for the next uh, game. So I'm going with A.J. Brown. Yeah, Tannehill needs to play like an MVP, like a league MVP for these he needs next to play like weeks. a top 10 quarterback. Absolutely, he does. And we've seen him do that. Uh, yep. uh, some, some of mine are shared with you guys, some not. A.J. Brown, 10 for 55 and a touchdown. They knew he was getting it, and he still got it. 10 catches on 11 targets. Um, was just so good in that long touchdown where he caught the ball and then outran a couple of dudes. On defense, I went with Landry. Uh, five tackles, a sack, two quarterback hits. Mm-hmm. He's on the greatest sack pace right now, I think, of any. In Titans history. In Titans history. Yeah, I think Javon Kurz and Ray Childress, who I both played for, had eight sacks at this point in time, another in their career. Yes, and he has eight and a half. Um First player since Javon Curse to get eight or more sacks in the team's first eight games of a season. Curse had eight. Landry has eight and a half. That matched Ray Childress. As you said, you played with both of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got introduced, uh, introduced to uh, Ray Childress when uh, uh, he got there like at uh, seven, or he was late to practice because he was chasing his uh, pig around all morning at five because uh, they were trying to make sure they put him in the barn. So he came all pissed off and started throwing coffee at the projector and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my rookie year. I'm sitting in the back seat like, what the what heck is, is going what on? What is this? Pig? Whoa, dang, yeah. He was high, dang. He's a massive human being. He's like 6'7", man. Yeah. So I was just kind of like Lucas wet around my ears and uh, was like, hey, man, I'm just staying in my lane. I'm in the back. <laughs> Not I got nothing to do with none of that. All right, yeah. my final one is this. I just try to... I tried to check. I haven't seen any trades or anything. So if anything happens, 3HL will have you covered. I did not see any more trades, any more big trades to let you know about. I went with Randy Bullock. He was two for two field goals, four of four extra points. He's 15 of 17 field goals on the year. He's 21 of 22 extra points. Hit the game winner on Sunday. Watch out. This is why I did not go with Bullock. We expect him to make those now. That's it. We got to make. We got to expect it. I'll pick somebody else this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to get away from KB and and A.J. Brown, too, though. (laughs) (laughs) We'll all pick different people this week. Maybe Adrian, but maybe we'll get to pick Adrian Peterson. Who knows? Because he's officially on the Titans practice squad. Three HL coming up next. Fun times today. We will. uh, We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, they're in Dixon. Yeah, Dixon Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go get some chicken. Ooh, me, man. I'm I'm gonna make sure I enjoy this beautiful day and uh, enjoy it because it's a peaceful day. But as always, peace. peace.